Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God For the universal church, its members, and its mission, we pray that we would exist in unity with you. We pray that we would be instruments of your peace. We pray that we would worship in spirit and in truth. We pray that we would be a respite for the weary and worn down. We pray that we would be a home for the outcast, the searcher, the doubter, to find sustenance and strength and hope to press on. Lord, hear our prayer. You hear us call, 
Guide us to become advocates for those who are in trouble, who are victimized and marginalized because of the color of their skin and the clothes they wear. Let us not be silent. Lord, hear our prayer. You hear us calling. You hear us calling. Father, make us one, even as you and the Son and the Spirit are one, that our hearts would be knit together by the supernatural love that you have birthed deep inside of us. God, wait, may we reimagine the kingdom in this moment where there is peace and joy and love and where every tribe and every tongue and every nation are one. We thank you for the unity of your spirit, for the bond of peace. We thank you for brothers and sisters to link arms with as we herald your kingdom. We thank you for the good news that at the end of everything, there is still hope and in death, there is no end, but there is resurrection. And though we may be in a wilderness, nourishment and rest is coming. That we walk through the valley. And so for those hearts today who are in the wilderness or broken or dry, for the dead bones, bring us all to life, Jesus. You alone are holy and worthy, and there is none like you. Jesus, we love you. And your people join together and say, amen. Amen. All right, I'd like to invite my friend, my first, my wife. This is Sarah Turner. She's right here, right? Which seat will you pick? All right, and then my friends, um, Teddy and Crystal Hart, if you could walk up in slow motion, that'd be fantastic. All right. So you guys can be seated. Just a real quick primer today. Um, so our friends are, in one month, moving to 
Long Beach to plant a church. And um, they've been wrestling through a call and an urge to do this for years. And we've been walking with them since the beginning. Um, and today they're going to share with you because we feel like as a church, River City is supposed to partner with this church. There's some churches you want to kind of be cheer- cheering along, and then there's other churches we feel like, literally we feel like there should be a bridge between Atlanta and, and L.A. because of the traffic one. Um, we're, <laughs> we have that in common. And because we, the way that we explain these friends, and you have those like friends in life where they're just, it's just easier. Like last night we sat up later than we all of us wanted to because it was just fun. And it's just easy. We have, he said this before and I preached at a church he was at in Charlotte, that we have the same blood. And I feel like we have the same blood. And so it feels like family that I'm introducing you to. And they're going to share today. We're going to kind of share a little bit about how we started, where they are in this process. And hopefully by the end, for those of you who are on the fence of like God's been sharing some things with you that you need to step into, maybe we give you enough energy to kind of start doing that. So I'm going to pray first and then we'll start. So Father, I just thank you for, I thank you for River City today. I'm just, every week when I'm here, I just feel like family. I don't feel like I need to perform and I enjoy being with everybody. Um, and I thank you for today that we have this special day where our friends get to be here before they move, before they take their plunge, uh, take their brave steps, take their scary steps, take their steps where you have to kind of show up or, or else. And I thank you for that, for people who are willing to say, I'll sacrifice it all to step out into this. And today I pray that the spirit that you've given them to go would be just well received and understood. In Jesus' name we pray. All right, I want to give a quick version of our when we met, okay? And then the, we met, and then these guys kind of came in the end. So this is embarrassing. I'm just going to get it out. It's all right. So I, like you guys know, I didn't graduate high school. And when I was supposed to be a senior in high school, the only school that would accept me was Lee University with a GED. So if you don't have a high school education, never got it, you can get it. I've got a master's now, which that's another whole story that shouldn't make sense. It should probably be illegal in some ways. <laughs> I'm not in prison. Amen. So I show up my first year, and literally, this, is, this isn't even a good story to show. It just, it just makes me look like an idiot. I steal his books along with a bunch of other people's books, and I go on a, just a, I just start making money off other people. Like, I was a good criminal. Like, I told you that before. Um, and so the, the beginning of our history was that. That's how we started. So we didn't like each other at Lee University. We're both athletic. He was better at basketball. I was good at some other stuff. Um, we won't talk about that. Um, so <laughs> don't give that to him yet. Okay. So now we're both in ministry. I spoke at his church multiple times, a church we fell in love with in Charlotte called Renovatus. Um, just an amazing church that went through some things that was difficult. We met them. We saw community done in the Holy Spirit way. And I don't mean the loud way. I mean like real love amongst people who should not love one another was happening. And so when we talked last night, I, thought, I felt like the theme, and I heard Teddy say this, was God was doing something out of nothing. And that's kind of, I think, the thread of when you start to step into ministry, God doing something out of nothing. That's literally how the Bible starts. Something is created out of nothing. God can do that. He can start something out of nothing, like worlds and space. And, and so today, um, yeah, so maybe you should give a little, just a bit of what you feel like our relationship started like, just for them to get some, this is going to be embarrassing. Yeah, this is not the question I thought we were starting with. 
Um, the Gospels also start with something out of nothing, that a virgin is given a child. Mm, that's good. Um, it's very, very a biblical story. Uh, I would say that our relationship is something out of less than nothing. <laughs> good. Uh, Josh and I, you know, Josh did steal my books in college, made money off them. You still owe me, I think you owe me like $59.32. Well, once, once you get saved, cents. I feel like there's like a, there's an old wine Except skin. for Zacchaeus, then you have to pay me back four times. True. So you owe me $236.42. Um, no, <laughs> uh, you know, Josh and I competed uh, pretty heavily in sports and, you know, I wasn't the nicest person. I, gosh, we could go there, but I won't. I, I just was the nastiest trash talker you've ever heard in your life. I promise. I was, definitely was. Yeah, yes. absolutely. But, you know, Josh and I connected somewhere along the line. We went on a surf trip. I don't know. Things started to come together as our lives, you know, were bent toward the Lord uh, more. And we went on a surf trip together, but then we kind of lost touch, what, for 12 years? 8, 10, 12, yeah. 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 And, and I was just curious as to what he was doing, the wonderful world of Facebook that has so many redeeming things on it, right? Like, it's so mm. redemptive. Mm. Some of y'all are prophets on Facebook, so yes. I've seen it. I've seen it. Doing some really good work, guys. Keep it yeah, up. Keep it up. Uh, man, so I end up finding out where Josh is at, and I listened to one of his sermons, and uh, it just really ministered to me. And I felt like, man, like me and you have a lot in common. And so I hit him up and was like, I know this is weird. I'm not hitting on you, but man, <laughs> I, I just really think we have the same blood. And I just wanted to encourage him. I didn't try to meet up with you or find you on Tinder or anything. I just, you know, I, I legitimately was just like, man, I just got to reach out and say, man, I'm really proud of what the Lord's doing in your life. It ministered to me to see what he's doing in your life. And this kind of kindled and it hasn't, hasn't stopped. The fire. It's only just beginning, guys. It's, it is raging. Sorry, guys. This is our friendship. Do you guys have anything you want to add about the pointless part of this? Or? Thank you. We're and actually that, only friends because our wives are friends, too, though. Yeah, because, totally. We would be lost without them yeah, connecting. That's for sure. There's one other connection from our past that really, like, was solidifying. When I got to Lee University... I was from Atlanta, so hip-hop for me was, like, a huge thing. And, that, of course, like, that's exactly what you'd have thought, correct? Like, not at all. But he knew, like, and I'm a nerd about, like, different knowing where they came from. And it was like we were right. And he's from Cleveland, which is, like, rap capital of the world. Cleveland, Tennessee. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Which right. was so – so there was that, like – I think when you find somebody that likes the same music that you like, there's something just better about that person than other people. That's what it felt like, at least. And so, Here's my question. Let me ask yeah, you a yeah. question. Uh, we've never asked this before, right? How many times did you burn your rap albums to buy Christian albums <laughs> and then rebuy your rap albums at a UCD store? Right. Yeah, I didn't have enough money to have albums. <laughs> you stole my books and sold yes. them. You right. definitely had the money. <laughs> we, have, we actually had, this is such a pointless part of this. We have a, a kind of a, the most influential rap song of all time. We have different opinions of that. Yeah. And all of you care about this, so I think we'll share. Um, so what would you say it is? Uh, influential? The, the biggest, most like... My favorite rap song of all time is Today Was a Good Day by Ice Cube. Ice Cube. And I think, well, I think if you're one of the most influential, don't look, listen to these lyrics for anything. Yeah. 
So it's not good, but ain't nothing but a G thing. I think, I think, it, I think it turned a corner. I think it turned a corner in the history of connecting different worlds. Anyway, am I wrong? Long Beach, baby. Long Beach, Warren G. So, okay. Yeah. Anyway. anyway. All right. I digress. I'm sorry, guys. This is <laughs> what we do when we're talking. All right. So I want to jump right in, if you guys don't have anything, with why ministry. So I think a lot of people, they always kind of wonder what they're supposed to do with their life. And then when you're in ministry, you meet people who have made the plunge. And you can see when you're in ministry the people who made the plunge. It's like, it's noticeable. It's just different. Like you've, people kind of have the same kind of quality of, we don't care about some stuff. We're willing to do some crazy dumb stuff. We're willing to suffer for a while. We talked last week about deserts and how like Jesus is thrusted deeper into the desert when he goes into ministry. Not like an aha moment, but like a deeper desert. And so when you meet people who've decided to go all in, it's always interesting to me to hear, why did you choose you're going to give your life to this? And so um, I think maybe they go first if you want to jump in after, but why ministry for you guys? Okay, we're probably going to have different answers, but for me, um, I was a really weird kid, um, and so at like 12, 13, I found myself praying hardcore about my calling, because um, that's what 12-year-olds do, right? And so um, to make a really long story short, I'm at a youth camp in Georgia, actually, where you came to, I think it was a South Georgia youth, the South Georgia youth camp. And if any, has anybody gone to youth camp? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Okay. Few, very few of you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so you're really not going to understand this world. But basically, at the end of service, there's always a massive altar experience, you know, massive. Like, that's where it happens. And so I decided on the last night, I am not leaving this altar, Lord, until you tell me what my calling is. Like, I'm not doing it because I need to know. I need to start walking in that at 12 years old. So I literally wouldn't leave, and I was not hearing anything to the point that they moved me in a side room. <laughs> like, here's you and the other four people that are either drunk in the spirit or have fallen out and we're dragging that I'm not I'm not exaggerating this is true story to this other room and I just was like I'm serious like I will be here all night Lord so I went through the emotions of like crazy crazy trying to push through speaking in tongues and all that that didn't work then just weeping like crying and then trying to be still and listen and it was exhausting. I mean, physically, spiritually, and emotionally exhausting to the point where I got to a place where I was like, okay, I'm just going to sing, just start praising the Lord because I don't, I don't know what else to do, you know? And so in that, it's literally one of like a very few times in my life where I feel like I really heard the voice of the Lord. And he said, just follow me all the days of your life and I'll lead you where you need to go. Well, you'd think that's, oh, he tells all of us that whoopity do, you know, like, what did that tell you? But that was like all that I needed to know. Okay, yes, I will do that. I know where to put my foot next. I'm going to follow you and do whatever you want me to do. So over the course of my life, now I'm 31, right? We just talked about this the other day. I thought I was 32, but I'm not. I'm 31. And when you have kids, your brain goes, can I get an amen from the moms? It just goes. So all these years, like, oh, I missed it. Oh, wow. thank you. 
You've been waiting for three months to do that. (laughs) That is my gift to you, River City Church. Um, And so over the course of the years since then, I've learned that that calling is actually pastor. And that's been hard to understand as a woman with where I grew up in the culture, just even not just the church culture I grew up in, but also just my family and all of that. There was no room for that title for a woman. There was room for a pastor's wife, or you could be a worship pastor or a children's pastor or even a youth pastor, or what do they call us a lot of times? Coordinators. (laughs) Ministry coordinator. Um, So I was like, up through, I'm like, I'm like looking, that's all my imagination had room for. And so even hearing what Josh has said, and I think this common vein, like God creating something out of nothing, for me, he was creating something out of nothing, because I didn't even have an imagination for that. There was no paradigm to understand a woman as a pastor and not just pastor's wife. So I think that what I've learned also through that um, recently in going back and thinking about where this all started, is had the Lord told me when I was 12 years old, like, hey, pastor, that I didn't have the people set up around me to be able to nurture that calling because they didn't have the imagination or the understanding for that either. So that probably would have gotten stifled, and who knows where I'd be right now. So it's beautiful. You can trust the Lord. You can trust the Lord in what he's telling you when he's telling you, even if it seems like not enough or that's not clear because you don't know what he's even preparing you for and like saving you from the wounding that you may have experienced. So for me, I've known that this is just, it's just, is all like ministry because that's what I'm called to do. And that's all that I know is specifically for me, that is what the Lord is directing me to do. That's good. That's good. Do you want to move on or you want, no, you go ahead. You can answer the question. That's some preaching right there, man. She's getting in it. Um, yeah, I, my story, I, I mean, I there are lots of ways to tell it. I, as brief as possible is, you know, I, I was on a trajectory to play basketball and was supernaturally had the Lord intervene in my life and had these prophetic words come to me at 17 that have had such gravity that I've never been able to get away. I'm 41 years old, and I can't get away from them even today. Like, I cannot get away from this calling to ministry and even to the point that I don't I honestly don't I don't want to be in ministry I really don't want to it's a lot of trouble it's, you disappoint a lot of people I'm tempted by my own ego to be something important or to say something important to validate myself I mean it is it is a, a really tough place to be and so my answer is man I I'm, I'm going to be a priest, a pastor, whatever your word is for it, because I'm called, and that's just the gravity of the situation. And I can't get away from it. And I think anybody, I'm serious. There's stories in the gospel that talk about, like, counting the cost. And I know we see people on TV, and you see, like, these people that have kind of these large personalities that are pastors, and it seems really attractive. I mean, it calls out to the, the depths within us. And I'm not talking bad about them, but some of the ways that that's portrayed, you draw a lot of you guys to be a ministry, and it's good that you're being drawn has to be refined because 
you're probably, if you desire to be a ministry, you're probably chasing it down with the need to feel important or to be needed by other people or to validate yourself. And, yeah. and that's probably, since we'll get into deserts, that's probably been the last two and a half years of our life is having those things sanctified hmm. enough so I could be trusted around people. So good. That's so, can yeah. I say one more thing? Yeah, yeah. So even that song, I was drawn today like this song, and I, I've been wanting to say this to you guys. Like, one, this is a beautiful place. Your, your leaders are, are, these guys are amazing. I, I know them personally. I, I really trust them. They're in my, like, if I need to tell anybody anything, they're in the three phone numbers I would call. Easy. And then I know, like, uh, the Sheelys, and I know their families. I know a lot of people around here. I think it's beautiful. And the makeup of this church is amazing, you know? Um, and one of the things that was, I was struck by when we were worshiping is there's that song that you guys are singing, or we were all singing, that was like, I'm no longer a slave to fear, right? And I think that, I think that we sing that as in like fear is the thing that we're being set free from. But there's a way to do ministry that we actually need to be a slave that no one has to fear. We're a slave to God that we're not out to manipulate you or to like tie ourselves to you or bind you to us in a way that's inappropriate Great. or wrong. And those things have to like be cut out in the desert. And you have to be pushed deep for that to happen. So when we're singing that song, I sing that two ways, right? Like I'm no longer a slave to you fear, but I'm also singing that as an as like a prayer to the spirit. Make me a slave to God that nobody has to fear. It's great. It's awesome. Do you want to share? Your, your story is important, though. Share a little bit about why you wanted to, why ministry for you. I don't know that they've heard that. Um, just, a, just a quick tidbit. Thinking of, like, the thread. You know, like, there's that thread that starts when you're, we're young, and that's woven through our lives, and you only know by looking back that you see the thread. And you go, oh, so there's there's been that definite thread for me. Um, and... A couple of things is, you know, I've sort of always done stuff in church. I grew up in a small church, and that's what we did. And um, and it became very important to me through college and after college. I loved teenagers, so I worked with our youth, and I did worship and had a great career job that I loved and just thought that that was my story, volunteered at my church, and had we were with our youth group and had a definite moment where I felt like God was like, it's time to do this all the time. And um, I was like, nope. <laughs> um, and so it was one of those, we were, you know, in a youth service. So there's like um, lots of emotion. And I was at a very broken place. And so I just sort of stuffed it for a while. And then, you know, that thought starts popping up everywhere. Like everywhere you go, it's like haunting you. Like you're supposed to do this vocationally. And I'm like trying to run from it. Um, and then God just brought it out into the open and I ended up quitting my job and going back to grad school to pursue ministry and, and Josh and I met and, um, I think that was for me beautiful, but difficult because when you have a man and woman in ministry, the man gets hired. And so, um, a lot for me got really stuffed down deep. And that was really hard and really frustrating to sit 
and with something I felt like God had put in me to do, I couldn't get out. Um, and so for me, this community is like God bringing that out because um, not only just who our people are, you know, Josh has always been a huge supporter of me pursuing my calling with the, that sounds not right, but me serving in the way God wanted me to serve. Um, so he's always been a coach for that and a cheerleader, but this has been the place where I'm like, oh, so God is like, I feel like released me. Um, and the Crystal, well, Crystal story made me think of this, but when, right before we planted the church, um, Josh wanted us to, he was like, I think we should just like fast and pray and ask God why plant a church. So we each just prayed and we went and sat with that question and the Lord was like, because you're a pastor. Um, he didn't say, you're a pastor's wife. He didn't say, you're a ministry coordinator. He said, you're a pastor. And so that was like the Lord validating me in such a beautiful way that released me to be who I was and who God called me to be. Um, and I, I wouldn't know, I wouldn't know what else to really do. Um, yeah. I just I want to love you guys and to help you find Jesus. So, um, and then being here is just so humbling. I think, you know, revisiting them and their dreams last night and like just getting the update on where they are with the plant, like caused me to re like remember when we were doing this, I remember us sitting in this coffee shop and it was just, it was just us. And we staff were like, meeting. yeah, we, I put it in my calendar. I put staff meeting and it was just the two of us. <laughs> it's like, uh, item one on the agenda. No lie. Sarah, check. <laughs> like flight of the Concords. <laughs> Uh, but we were sort of dreaming and trying to put, like, we were coming up with this language, which is crazy. And I remember, like, there's no way, like, there's no way in that moment, like, I would know that God was dreaming up this. And when I get up every Sunday and see your guys' faces, I am so humbled and just blown away. Like, I feel so grateful for you guys and for what God is doing in in here and I think I wish I had celebrated every moment because so I, I don't know so how good. we got here it's just so above and beyond my imagination so um yeah so just to riff off that really quickly like that's one of the things as church planners in America or whoever's going after ministry you feel like you're always going towards something and you skip over these pivotal moments that we're able to have a staff meeting at just at a coffee house. That is celebrate immediately. Not like in a weird way, but like this is good, right? This is so good. Where they're at, so good. They're, they're about to get on a plane and fly. Like celebrate that. You're not going after this thing, and until you get there, you're not successful. When you say yes, like Mary did, success, success. And so, man, I, I want to be better about that even now. So anyway, I'm going to throw a couple questions at you guys. You just pick the one that you feel like we better. So why Long, Bre why Long Beach and why plant a church? Or um, if someone is dreaming or feeling a stir for a calling towards something, what would you say to them? Which one of those questions you can kind of jump into? I'm on a mission to find Mr. Warren G in the LBC. You just got to hit the east side. Just saying. Um, why Long Beach? 
Somebody listens to hip-hop in here, and I love it. I've rebought all my albums on iTunes. Um, Long Beach, man. We went, we've, we've been going through transitions, you know. Uh, at, at the church that we were at, went through some major transitions. Uh, it opened up some possibilities to lead that church in ways that we had never dreamed or thought of. We were young adult pastors, and if you'd have talked to us the day before any transition, we would have said, we'll probably be young adult pastors for the rest of our lives. We love college students and young adults. I just, I love them, man. And I just, there was no ambition in me to move, quote unquote, up, yeah. you know? And the transition, uh, we all went through discernment process, the elders, us, uh, some other people, and it just ended up with us all deciding that this isn't the right fit. And we were left thinking, what is the right fit? In that discernment process, we realized that young adult, our young adult time, our time in the church didn't come to an end, so there was no, like, don't read into anything I'm not saying. It's just our time as young adult pastors was coming to an end. We just had a newborn, and that kind of lifestyle when you start to have kids, and I know you young adults don't understand this, but once you have kids, the world changes, man, you know? And I was one of those guys, I looked down on everybody who had kids and would be like, yeah, my kids are going to bend their lives to whatever I want. I'm repenting right now, and if any of you want to give me the sign of the cross to absolve my sins, I would appreciate that. Thank you over there. Um, but, you know, we were in a time of discernment. And we had always joked about California. We'd been out of there on our anniversary. And it was something we joked about when it was really cold in Charlotte. We'd be like, man, we need to plant a church in San Diego. And, uh, and, and you know, we really were floundering. It was a wilderness. I was actually looking for the meaning to this word the Lord had given me, like find out what holy silence meant. It was two lengths ago that that happened. And uh, somebody directed me to actually your mentor sermon, uh, Dr. Cheryl Johns. Mm -hmm. And she spoke this sermon on Mary, and she was speaking a prophetic word. I was the armor bearer for her that day at our church, and it's weird how the word of the Lord hits you at the right time, right? Like, I was there. It was a good sermon. It didn't do anything to me, right? Like, not that I could perceive. But I listened to the sermon in the car, and it lit me on fire, man. It lit me on fire, and I, in a way that, like, I had to pull over on the side of the road and scare my wife that she thought I was having a heart attack because I'm calling her on the phone like, my chest is burning, you know? (laughs) She listens to the sermon. She gets uh, not the same sensation, but she gets lit. It was lit. And at that point we realized, you know, like we had been, in our discernment process, we kept hearing this, Luke 2, you're pregnant, you're pregnant, you're pregnant. And that was the moment when I listened to that sermon, I heard the heartbeat of what we were carrying. I mean, it was that moment, and I was like, okay, you know, like, this is, this is ours to, to tend to. It's not ours to make what we want, but it's ours to tend to. Where is this? And we spent a lot of time trying to figure out where, and in California, and gently, the Lord nudged us from San Diego to Long Beach, and uh, that's kind of how we got there. I mean, there was a lot of gravity to Long Beach that we couldn't get away, even so much that we got offered a job. We keep getting offered a job in San Diego that's paid with a $5 million building, 300 people, and they keep asking us to come pastor this church. And we're like, it's not. We're, we're Mary. We're Mary. That would be an easy road for us. You'll get us out there and everything. That's not it. We're Mary, and we have to give birth to what? The thing we've heard the heartbeat of, you know? And so Great. 
Long Beach is where that is for us. Um, so dreams, right? As Teddy was sharing, this California dream is like, has, was just always something way far out in the distance, a wish dream, not realistic. But once we moved into that place of transition at our current church, we begin to pray, okay, what? And up to this point, um, our relationship with the Lord had kind of been easy in the sense of like, Lord, what do you want us to do? And he told us what to do. Lord, where do you want us to go? He told us where to go. And here we are at this moment where we're like, okay, we can do anything. And we're willing to do anything. What do you want us to do? Nothing. And when I say nothing, I mean nothing for a long time. So then the only way we knew how to discern that was, okay, maybe we should ask ourselves, what do we want to do, I guess? I don't know. What do we do? And so then we just started dreaming. What would we want to do? If we could live anywhere, where would we go? We love the beach. Let's, what about California? So as we're like going through these things and, and kind of like just playing around with ideas, we realize that is the most unrealistic thing ever. You don't move to California, especially to do ministry. There is expensive, y'all. I mean, expensive out there. So I took that mess off the table. I was like, okay, when this got serious, that's out anywhere but there, okay? And I don't want to be that far from family, right? That's not cool. So I took it off, and then as he shared, months later, our hearts just were drawn there. Hmm. And so we put it back on the table. And I think that there's, through the course of a dream that may be there that you don't even know is there, or you think, like, that's like, my unrealistic daydreaming about, like that you know like would never happen in life. It's, you have to wait patiently <laughs> to know like that anything is possible and trust the Lord's timing. And it's not your timing. So I think on the process to a dream, when we think about things and we think about the promised land or resurrection, we're so excited to get to resurrection life, right? You have to go through death. And sometimes you may even have to lay down some of the things that you think, like we laid down California, mm. like that's out. And somehow that got resurrected. <laughs> we don't know how still, but it did. And I think that it's important, I just want to say this and I'll pass it on, to know that what you think the course will be, like once we knew California, we were like, all right. Teddy's going to finish seminary in May. We'll go in August. Surprise, you got pregnant, and you're due September. You do not move in your last month of pregnancy. That doesn't work. So let's just mess up your plan, and we're going to prolong this further. And it just kept getting pushed all the way now to April 4th. So it never, even like those sorts of things, it's never going to look like what you think it's going to look like. So it's important to do plans. It's important to think through that, but to be open, to be open to the way that things may change or shift, to go with the wind, don't go against the wind, to go with where the spirit is moving and just trust, even as painful as that may be, even when there may be walking through death in that and the resurrection, the Lord may mm. be sanctifying things in you and preparing you for that and just trusting that season and look for the gift because yeah. there are gifts. And I almost miss them 
all along the way, had it not been for this one constantly saying, okay, what's the gift in staying? Or what's the gift right now that we can, that we can see, okay, and like hold on to that in this moment. And that's what's carried us through. Yeah, so in a moment we're going to ask you to like pray about a way to partner, but I just have to tag on with this from last week. When we opened up the, the Gospel of Mark last week, we talked about how why in the world would he open up with John the Baptist? Why is this? It's about Jesus. Why not focus this whole book on Jesus? And so you see John is a really powerful person in ministry, and then he's in the desert, and then all of a sudden, John just kind of dissipates from the story. He not only goes into the wilderness, but then the story stops being about him. He's this guy that's preaching, repent, and be baptized. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes along, he kneels, and it becomes about Jesus, and then Jesus begins to carry that message, which is really crazy. He comes, it's about the Holy Spirit baptism, then he starts to carry the message of John, and John dissipates. And I feel like one of the things that's really... God's always saying to my heart is the more that you die, the more that Jesus' vision will come forward and whatever it is. But the more that you want to wrestle with it, I really genuinely believe that John the Baptist would have stayed on that side of that mountain and had his 20 to 50 followers thinking he's the best preacher in the world if he wasn't willing to just disappear. He literally disappears off the map and Jesus then absorbs, which I think to me is what I hear the tones in your ministry that there's this part where we fight for becoming great, that, that greatness, even it was prayed about, but becoming Christ-like is you die so well that you're kind of forgotten, and Jesus is then emphasized, which is the calling into ministry. Like, you want to go into ministry, like, amen, that is the calling. There is no around the desert, right? There's no, like, let's do, get on the bus and drive around it. If you want a powerful, I mean, you can have a decent ministry, but if you want a Jesus ministry where he impacts the world, it's got to be none of you. I just had to say that relating to what these guys are saying. You want to riff on that? or? I can, yeah. I, I actually think, yeah, I agree with you. I think we are tempted to have explicit witnesses. And we really, I think our culture permeates us and shapes us in such a way that we denounce implicit witness. The kind of witness that takes a long time and a lot of perseverance to actually be seen. And so, like, you know, I, I think a lot of our temptations are, the Lord calls me, I've got to have, like, this explicit position or explicit dream where you may end up hmm. just be the most faithful person you can be at IBM for the next 20 years. And that's a, the beauty of implicit witness. You have to be open to that kind of, that kind Great. of leading and following of the Spirit, you know? And and that, I mean, that's what you see with John the Baptist. I mean, he's willing to be explicit and implicit. He appears out of nowhere at the beginning of Mark. He's out of nowhere. <laughs> he just It says John the Baptist appears in the desert, yeah. and then he's gone. So good. And his witness is still there, mm -hmm. but it's not explicit. Wow. Okay. So, um, so I feel again, like we're called to partner with these guys. And so I want to kind of throw it on you now. There's no pressure. If you give a certain amount, it doesn't mean this, this happens. There's no like extra blessing in it for you if you do. There's just, is the Lord leading you to do that? And if so, just do it faithfully. And I don't even need to know about it, honestly. Our church is praying about how to do that as well. But so I wanted you to just share with them, how do they come alongside you guys? So they're going to be passing out cards the first way you could come alongside and participate with us is if you'll put 
your email address on that and give that to us at the end. That would be awesome because we would like for you, we're inviting people to take part in our story, right? Like, I'm not looking for any baby daddies or baby mamas, you know? Like, I'm not looking for anybody to take care of the baby that we've been given. But I do think, much like if you think like Lord of the Rings, some people are called to take the ring to Mordor. There are other people who are called to give of themselves in different ways to make that possible. And so I think you have the opportunity to, if the Spirit's leading you, right? Or if you're just generous, like, let's take it out. Take it down the spirituality, right. down a notch. You have the ability to shape our story is what you have. You're not going to make or break our story. This is God's baby. What he wants to do, he'll do. But you have the opportunity to right. jump in with us. So if you'll put your email address on there, we'll send you updates. We'll send you a link to our website. We'll actually, uh, when it goes live later this week, we'll keep updating you on the journey. And you can give. I mean, that is a certain way that you can participate. Unless somebody wants to come to Long Beach, I will stay in town and meet with you after this. I mean, that would be awesome. Definitely. But definitely giving. We're stepping into a world that is three times the cost of living than where we lived uh, before. Um, they need Jesus too, you know? Like I have people from the East Coast laugh, and they're like, oh, man, Hawaii must not be taking any more missionaries, so you guys have to go to Long Beach. But everybody in California who we've met are like, why do you want to plant a church in Long Beach? It's gritty. It's kind of dirty. It's really unique, and it's culturally diverse, and it's everybody's like, smashed into one place it's in between the poorest place in california and the richest county in the nation and so it's like mm. in between and all these worlds kind of come together and that's where we want to be and so if you feel the lord or want to be generous in a way that you want to shape our story man we would love to have you come on board but prayers staying up to date with us and praying over us praying with us uh and giving are, are two great ways that you can so, okay, so fill out those cards however you'd like, and then in a moment we're going to have them stand right here, and we're going to do a typical RCC prayer over, uncomfortable, awkward, um, gather around them. All right, the hearts, can you go right here? You want to pray over the church real quick? They had something they wanted to pray over us, so let them do that for a minute. you got more than 30 seconds. Father, I thank you for River City Church and all of those that make up. I pray, Father, that this place would continue to be a sanctuary, a safe haven for all to come to be loved and accepted. Lord, I thank you for these hearts that are set aflame, that are hungry hungry for you, for more of you, not just for themselves, but so that there's an overflow into others and all that they encounter, all that they touch, all that they see. There were scriptures that um, just came to me that I wanted to speak over you. Um, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, but I want to say where River City Church is, there is freedom. And where two or more are gathered, the Lord says, I will be there among them. When two or more of you here are gathered, the Lord is with you. So go. Continue to be the love of Christ to brothers and sisters who don't yet know that they are a brother or a sister. 
tell them, welcome them in. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, when I was praying in the back, I was uh, overcome with a couple of images. Uh, one was Moses in front of an ordinary bush that was being transfigured, that it was on fire. The other was the Eucharist, it was the Lord's Supper, and about how that that's an ordinary loaf of bread and it's ordinary wine. And mysteriously, the Spirit transfigures that into us partaking of Christ. And I, I just couldn't escape a sense of just telling you, like, don't fear and don't resist being ordinary. It's not your job to be extraordinary. It's not your calling to be extraordinary. That this church's call, and there are some in here who I just, I just feel like the Lord is lighting you right now. It's like to be free to be ordinary and allow the Lord to transfigure your ordinariness into something mysteriously sacramental where the world comes in contact with Christ just in the ordinary expressions of your day-to-day -day life. And so I pray that over this church, that any calling it has to greatness is a calling that the Spirit is going to transfigure your acts even your most pious acts, even the beasts that are within that you're out in the desert, that you're being ministered to and wrestling with, that the Spirit transfigure all of that, making in you a more faithful witness to the kingdom of God in this city. And so just embrace who you are, your stories, don't long for a different story. Don't long for a sexier story. Tell your story and allow the spirit to transfigure it and make it something that it wasn't before for someone else. And so I pray that over this place. And I thank you, God, for the oasis that this place is for Crystal and I. I it's, it's like Jerry Maguire. I swear I'm never going to cry when I come here, and I cannot help but cry, but that's how I express when I sense the Spirit, and I cannot help but be overcome with the beauty of this place, the diversity. I'm just looking out, and I'm, I'm stunned, and so, Lord, I just thank you for the blessing that they already are, and pray for a strength to continue the work that they're already doing, and that wherever you're leading them, Lord, that you continue to make that journey possible, whether it's further into the desert and when they come out of the desert. So make a kind of suffering with one another possible that wasn't before and also make a kind of ministry together that wasn't possible before by your spirit. Transfigure and continue to transfigure this place. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for joining us today and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.